Well, let's just cut to the chase. Would any of you uh, like to tell the rest of the church about another member who has sinned against you? (laughs) Just get it over with right now. No? That's probably a good thing. The readings today are difficult and seem a bit harsh. And they just had to be the readings that fell on Welcome Sunday. (laughs) So welcoming on this day when we have Welcome Sunday and kick off all our programs and a lot of people come back to church or come and check out St. John's for the first time and we have our incredible parish barbecue and a ministry fair and bounce houses. It doesn't get better than that. Bounce houses. And yet... We get church discipline and warnings about licentiousness for the readings. But it's important to note that the gospel today has a great message about conflict resolution that we should all listen to. Jesus lays out a whole strategy for conflict resolution, and it's one that we don't often listen to. The most important part being the first step. You start by going one-on-one directly to the person you believe offended you or sinned against you. You go directly to them and talk to them privately. What a revolutionary concept. That does not get followed a lot, especially in the church. There is a phenomenon that happens in churches, schools, probably families, but I know it happens in the church, called triangulation. And that's where, instead of going to the person that you have an issue with, you tell someone else who you think will tell them without identifying you. Right? That's triangulation. I know it happens in the church because as rector, most of the complaints I get are delivered anonymously by messengers. (laughs) And what Jesus is saying to us in the passage today is the only triangle Christians should be involved in is the Holy Trinity. That's the only triangle we should be playing with is the Holy Trinity. Both of the readings today are focused on how our faith is always relational. Our faith is always relational. Although it doesn't always work. Jesus says in the gospel that where two agree on earth, the Father in heaven will do it. Where two agree on earth, the Father in heaven will do it. Last night, my wife and I agreed that the power should be cut on our neighbor's cover band that was playing late into the night. It did not happen. Perhaps because the request was not offered with love.
The gospel today emphasizes that Christ is made known to us in community. He says, where two or three are gathered in my name, I am with them. Not one, two or three or more. When people gather together in Jesus' name, then God is present. That's an important message for us to remember on Welcome Sunday and to remember on this Sunday that it is our mission and call as a church to live into the words inscribed on our cornerstone, to be a house of prayer for all people. A house of prayer for all people. Jesus becomes present when we are gathered together in community. Both of the readings today really revolve around the line that Paul quotes in Romans, the commandment we're so familiar with, love your neighbor as yourself. We've all heard this, right? The greatest commandment, love your neighbor as yourself. As an aside, I want to point out that Paul and Jesus are quoting Leviticus, where the line originally comes from. I say it as an aside only because so often in the church, uh, it's easier for us to think, well, there's the God of the New Testament who's the angry God, and then there's the God of love of the New Testament that tells us to love our neighbor as ourself. But Paul and Jesus are quoting the one God of all the scriptures who proclaims love above everything. Many of you may be familiar with an evangelical pastor named Joel Osteen. Have you heard of Joel Osteen? It's kind of hard not to, right? He and his wife and other ministers are the head of probably the largest church in the entire country. Their church in Houston is a former professional sports stadium that seats thousands and thousands of people. And they are proponents of something that is sometimes called the prosperity gospel and, uh, or a variant uh, sometimes called sort of gospel of positivity. Joel Osteen's wife recently gave a talk at their church where she said that being happy is what gives God the greatest joy. Being happy is what gives God the greatest joy. She said, quote, So just do good for your own self. Do good because God wants you to be happy. Now, It can be a bit of a hobby in the Episcopal Church to make fun of the Osteens. But sometimes it's with reason. (laughs) We all want to be happy. There's nothing wrong with being happy. But that is not the gospel of Jesus Christ. If all God wants is for each one of us to individually serve ourselves for the purpose of being happy 
how do you explain Jesus? Can you imagine if what Jesus was truly called by God the Father to be was happy? How would the cross have gone? This really doesn't make me very happy. I'm just not going to do it. I'm going to do something else that does make me happy. Do you think Jesus would have hung out with all those crazy disciples for that long? If just being happy was the calling? Again, there's nothing wrong with being happy. But that is not what God is calling us to in the scripture and in the person of Jesus Christ. Jesus is not our personal self-esteem coordinator. The love of God is expressed through loving our neighbor. And our neighbor, Jesus tells us, is anyone with whom we interact. And Jesus himself is the example of how to love our neighbor. Love your neighbor as yourself. Love as Jesus loved us. That's how to do it. Loving our neighbor does not always make us happy. But it does save us. Self-giving love of our neighbor frees us. It sets us free. God's joy is not a happy individual, but people loving in Jesus' name. Which brings me back to the bounce houses. And what I would call uh, my bounce house theology. Who's been in a bounce house? They're pretty fun. A bounce house is a lot of fun. But it's more fun to be in a bounce house with someone else. And it's even more fun if you can figure out where the kind of inflated sections are so you can coordinate your bouncing so you pop each other even higher. And it's even more fun when people are bouncing in the house together in a way that doesn't interfere or impede anyone else getting to jump in the bounce house. It's more fun when if someone gets hurt, people stop and take care of them. Everybody in the bounce house, bouncing together, having fun, but doing it in a way that's not just about them having a good time, but in ensuring that everybody there has a good time. I have witnessed that happen as a parent. And I can tell you, that is the joy of God. To see that. That bounce house theology is loving your neighbor as yourself. Now go forth and do it.